to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I have Kaylin Asher with me from Kaylin Asher International. That's a very easy business name to remember. So welcome. Welcome, Kaylin, to this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Amazing. Okay, we're going to get into such some really, really cool topics. But before we do, can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a business coach. I've been business coaching since 2015, so seven years now. And what I specialize in is I help coaches and online service providers transition away from one-to-one work where it's really time intensive and create a premium group program so that they get their time back and they can still do the work they love, but in a more leveraged, scalable model. And what got me started in doing that was I have my own group program that I've been running since 2018. So five years now or four years now. And, um, that's really changed just my schedule and my business and made so many things better. And so I love helping women do the same for themselves. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, a bit about that journey, you know, cause I'm assuming that you might've started there. You might've started in maybe one-to-one or, you know, and then you found that. So tell us everything from when you started um, and maybe even before you decided to get into business for yourself, what were you doing? Um, let's go back to the beginning and yeah. Tell us about your journey. Yeah, well, it's it could be a very long story. I'll try to keep it as concise and to the point as possible. So ever since I graduated from college, university, um, I have never had a traditional job. I've always been doing my own thing, exploring what I wanted my business to be. And it took me on a winding path <laughs> through a lot of different ventures, some successful, some not so successful. And it was right around the time I found out I was pregnant with our first daughter that I really started thinking, you know, I have to figure out what this thing is. What do I really want to be doing? Who do I really want to be working with? And how can I make sure this business is in alignment with the schedule I want to have? Because I'm going to have this new baby. I don't want to be working all these fluctuating crazy hours that I had been before, where I could just kind of give all of my time and energy when I wasn't with my husband to the business. And so while I was kind of Sitting with all of this and honestly questioning whether I wanted to continue doing my own thing at all, maybe this was a good time to kind of hit the pause button or close up shop and be a mom and focus my attention and energy on her. I came across the world of coaching and I started, you know, infiltrating these other women's communities, you know, getting on their lists, consuming their content and they're watching their webinars. And I soon saw that there was this beautiful community out there of women supporting women and doing it in a really aligned way that felt really good to me. And so I explored that and did my, did my research. And I had a lot of business background because I had tried a lot of businesses, started businesses, supported other businesses, and had about eight years under my belt at that point. And I thought, Hey, if I could 
offer some of what I've gained from all this trial and error, all these bumps in the road to other women who are just starting out and maybe are where I was several years ago, that would be really helpful. And so I said I was a clarity coach, helping women who are very early in their journey, just get some initial clarity, the first couple steps they needed to take, because that's where I felt like I could offer support. I didn't have it all figured out, but I had a couple things figured out. And so I was supporting them from that place. And one of the things that I started right off the bat, as soon as my daughter was born, was I wanted a three-day work week. And so started with a three-day work week, have had a three-day work week for the past seven or so years. She's seven years old now. And that decision really empowered me to make smart decisions inside the business with things like transitioning from one-to-one, which as the business started to grow, which is a great problem to have, my schedule filled up with clients. And so I had a three-day work week, but those three days were filled with client work and I was exhausted. And around this time I was pregnant with my second daughter. So I was just like, this isn't sustainable for me. As much as I love doing this work and love supporting these clients, this isn't going to be something I I can do in this way forever. And I, at that time, joined a mastermind where I was a member of it to get support from a coach and kind of have my own community of support around me. And I was like, hey, this model feels really good for me. And if I could create something similar in a group format where I can offer my coaching and do the work I love, but also have these women connect with one another, that actually would be, I think, more impactful and more beneficial than just working with me individually. So like I said, that was back in 2018. And I launched my my own mastermind supporting women building their group programs. And that's been the, the focus and the driver, sort of the signature offer of the business ever since. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's, it's fascinating that you've been through like all these starts and stops, it sounds like, and then, you know, you finally found the path that you're meant to be on. Can you talk to us about, you know, making the decision even to go into business for yourself? Um, And it might not even been the one that you started, you know, several years ago when your your daughter was born, but maybe even before then, because I just really, because this is always the really interesting thing about what drives us, you know, as entrepreneurs to do this crazy thing that we do um, and all the fears that come up with that. So can you take us back to maybe even the first business that you ever decided to start for yourself? And how did that feel like to make the decision to even begin it? Yeah, I think there's, there were so many emotions. And like I said, that was right after I graduated. So I was young, I was in my early twenties. I think to be quite honest, there was a whole lot of naivete that was in the mix, you know, where I just came off of, you know, being a kid, right? I grew up, mom and dad took care of me. They were super supportive. They're like, you can do anything you want ever, no matter what it is. And I took that at graduation. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start my own business. And the first thing um, I ventured into, um, was interior design because my mom had been interior design. My dad had been in real estate and um, housing developments and things like that. And so it felt like, oh, I can wrap my head around this. I'm a creative person. This would be really fun to design these beautiful spaces. And so it was really exciting and empowered. I was like, yeah, like I'm going to do this. Like I'm I'm building something from scratch. It felt so amazing and exhilarating. And then on the flip side of that coin, when everything didn't immediately work and be super successful right out of the gate, I'm talking like 30, 60, 90 days later, 
it just brings up all your stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? I can't make this work. What's wrong with me? Is this the wrong thing to do? Should I just try to go find a job somewhere? So much stuff. And honestly, that kind of, I found glimmers of that continue with you forever. Anytime you're on your path as an entrepreneur and some new, big, exciting thing presents itself, there's that shadow side of it as well. And so it's a lot of, it was a lot of mixed emotions, a lot of roller coasters of like feeling really, really excited about, you know, maybe this next pivot that I was making and then entering into that and feeling all the bumps in the road again. And they're like, oh, I thought this was going to be easier. And it does get easier in some ways as you continue on, but new challenges always arise. And so I think something that's become really important to me throughout all my, my early businesses, when I did interior design and freelance writing, and I got certified as a yoga instructor, you know, all the things, you know, I'm like in my early twenties, I'm like, I can do anything. (laughs) Um, All of, all of that, what underscored it was I started to realize how important personal development and mindset work. And for me, spirituality became to keep some steadiness even when there were those ups and downs. So that's become a really key cornerstone of what I've given to myself to make all of it a little bit easier. (laughs) Yeah. And this is so, this is so cool because I know I've gone through the exact same thing where I've pivoted. I mean, there were obviously my initial businesses because they were brick and mortar. So, you know, we were, we had rent and everything to pay. It wasn't as uh, much it wasn't as easy to pivot, but definitely I I know with the online space, how easy it is to just be like, oh, okay, this isn't working, bin that, or like tweak this slightly, et cetera. So I love the fact that you went through your own iterate, like, as you said, all of the things, right? Like all these different, uh, and so what for you in those moments when you decided, okay, for whatever reason, this isn't working, it's not this thing, what did that look like for you? As in, you know, what, how did you make those decisions that this path that you were on wasn't the one versus now? I mean, you've been doing this business, you know, for since for four years versus now when you're like, okay, this is the path that I'm meant to be on. And maybe it's not forever, but for now. So I just want to kind of almost like, <laughs> you know, compare those experiences and how did you make those decisions and what was going through your mind in those times? That's such a brilliant question. And I'm going to do my best to put words to it because honestly, it's such a, for me, it's such a feeling thing where Mm -hmm. I, I was taught for better or worse that the, that your business could be an extension of yourself, that it could be the work you're meant to do manifest in, in a business, in form, in the world. And so I took that I think I took that pretty seriously, like without, without saying like, this is very serious to me. I, I, I think I really internalized that. And so as I was, you know, two years into my interior design business, and at this point making money and working with clients and like had been in some designer show houses was the youngest designer that was there, you know, like things that were happening that were kind of exciting and good. And I was still like, this isn't quite it. I don't feel fulfilled from this. I don't feel inspired to keep going and growing. I like, this feels like a job that where I'm like, all right, is it time to clock out yet? Like, let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. So it starts, it starts very mild. I would say where it's just kind of this little, like little thought once in a while. And then it just kind of grows to the point where you can't ignore it. And I'm sure a lot of people have experienced that in their own ways, whether it's 
leaving a job for another job or leaving a relationship or ending a friendship. Like there's this thing that, you know, it's, it's run its course and it's time, time to transition. And so that's sort of, for me, what happened. And often it was kind of overlapping with exposure to something new and exciting that was calling me forth towards that. And so I remember it very distinctly when I had been doing interior design and then I started going to yoga class and practicing and all my free time I was spending learning about yoga and researching and reading books. And I was so in love and immersing myself in that. And then the opportunity came to enroll in teacher training. I was like, I'm so excited about this. And the work I'm doing, it doesn't light me up in that way. And this could be my, my work. And so that was, that was the next strong pivot was over into like the yoga space. And that's actually where I started coaching was I sort of brought my business acumen to the yoga world, to fellow teachers who were saying, Hey, you've got a website and you've got a social media presence. And you're, you know, you're sending out weekly emails. Like what's the deal? We don't do any of those things. And so I sort of just filled them in on some of the, the online business stuff I was doing in conjunction with my yoga teaching. And so And then there was this need for expansion beyond that. As I became a mother, as new aspects of myself developed, I I really felt called to serve women in a greater sense, not just the yoga community, but I work with a lot of moms now. So that was kind of the next progression. It was always very parallel to kind of what was happening in my own life, which I think is often the case for entrepreneurs. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's been my experience with those pivot moments though. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And when you went through those, all of those different iterations of your businesses and stuff, did you ever, I mean, talk to us about the success that you achieved and how you felt or didn't feel about those moments? <laughs> because... because I think that's another thing right that we always battle with as entrepreneurs that we're always looking to level up or we always have in our mind okay I'm going to hit this milestone and we we think that we're going to feel some way about it when we do but then more often than not we don't end up doing so can you talk us through some moments when that was happening for you and yeah kind of your mindset in those in those moments yes absolutely and this I think it's so helpful to have conversations like this where there is transparency to these things because there's so much, especially in my my industry, the online coaching space, where it's like make six figures in the next 30 days or six months or seven figures. You know, there's all these really flashy big numbers all over the place. And that's awesome. I am all for people being very successful and serving at the highest level they possibly can. But I think it's a misrepresentation of what's really going to bring us fulfillment and happiness because often by the time you hit that goal that was like pie in the sky and then you work and you work and you work and you get closer, by the time you actually reach it, it feels pretty normal. (laughs) You know, you have done so much work and so much up-leveling that it's the new normal. And yes. I mean, I will say the first year, it was back in 2016 when I realized we were going to cross the six-figure mark in the business. And it was my second year as a coach and it was like quadruple what we had made the previous year. I was pretty happy, you know, and that that was a great (laughs) couple of months. (laughs) I felt really good. 
But then after that, you know, we've had a six figure business ever since. And it's like, it just feels normal now. And also my team has grown and my expenses have grown. And like all these other things have expanded as the business has expanded to these new heights. And so I think something that's really important to keep in mind on our entrepreneurial journey, when we are always like, we've reached this mountain, but like, oh, there's another mountain up ahead. Let me figure out how to get over there is to build in some moments of pause and reflection where you do like take a deep breath and take stock of how far you've really come and look behind. Because I know for me, I'm very forward focused and it's easy for me to be like, all right, check that box. Good. Done. On to the next. Mm-hmm. And to instead take a breath, express some gratitude, have a little celebration and just acknowledge all that you've accomplished thus far, because it probably does feel kind of normal. Like this is the normal thing that's happening now once that initial little peak moment has passed. And so I think that's something that I rely on with my yoga practice and my meditation practices to do a lot of like grounding and centering work to remember that right now is really all I ever have, even though I'm such a future focused person. Oh, I love that. Uh, And I don't know about you, but I find as a, as a female, and I don't, I'm not trying to generalize that this is a totally female thing, but gosh, we battle, well, I, I, there seems to be a trend anywhere battling things like perfectionism with like not, we've been really hard on ourselves, you know, when things don't go right, or even when they do go right, we're still hard on ourselves anyway, because, you know, to your point, we maybe don't take those moments to reflect, pause and be like, congratulate ourselves for even the small things that do go go our way so what was that like for you that journey um did you have to battle with any of these yourself and if you did you know in what moments like if you could share some stories where that came up for you and then how did you kind of try to get work through them yes absolutely I battled with that I think um you know looking back to my school-aged years I was a high achiever, straight A student, very disciplined, much, very much a rule follower, kind of like the quieter, shyer, smart girl. (laughs) And (laughs) it, um, I carried that over into my businesses where I was, I was very hard on myself, very rigid, you know, if certain milestones were not met, there must've been something wrong with me. And, you know, how could I be so stupid that I didn't get this figured out and just a lot of like self-flagellation about, you know, what I had done wrong essentially. And what I've been working through the last few years is really this disentanglement of my identity and the business. I realized that because my, my business is so closely connected to me, it has my name that I was hanging so much of my self-worth on what the business was doing. If the business was doing well, I was great. I was successful. I was feeling good. If the business wasn't having a great moment, then something was wrong with me. And something, you know, this is a sign that something's wrong and I can't, I'm not capable of doing this. And I would really just allow the business and what that was doing dictate how I was feeling about myself. And honestly, with like the pandemic and having all this time locked up in the house and being spending so much time with my family, it really gave me this pause moment to reassess. Like, do I really want to hang my happiness on this inanimate object? That's a lot of 
pressure to put on this entity that's not a sentient being, right? That can't provide me. It's too much pressure to have it provide me all my happiness, all my fulfillment, all my money, all, you know, all of the things. And so that's been something that's been really um, eye-opening when I finally realized, hey, look at this like unhealthy dynamic I'm having over here and, and do the work through that, you know, doing a lot of journaling and reflection and Reiki sessions and, you know, like all the, whatever you need to do, right. To like clear out the stuff. It's like, yeah. I've been, I've been doing all of that and it feels a lot better. I feel much more steady and stable in myself and not so reactive to whatever the business is doing because it cha- can change moment by moment, day by day. And it's just, it's not worth yeah. waiting for happiness. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. I love that. Okay. So we're going to, um, change tact a little bit. We're going to, we're going to talk about marketing uh, because obviously there are a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this and, you know, you dropped a lot of gold around mindset and the struggles and things that you went through um, to help any other entrepreneur. But now we want to talk about growth and marketing and you've been able to build multiple six-figure business. Talk us through how you got there. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, as as yeah. What was <laughs> what did you do in your marketing? Uh that if we were able to lift and shift, we would all be able to create this multiple six-figure business as well. <laughs> I think something be, because I am disciplined, something that I have been good at is I'm consistent. So I remember I started an email newsletter, a weekly email that I would send out. This is back when I was doing yoga in 2012. So 10 years. And I have been sending a weekly email or now it's often more than one email a week ever since. And so when I commit to something and say, I'm going to show up for it, I do that. So that if you're not, if you're not primed like that, find systems that will help you stay consistent with your things. But I think that that consistency piece has been really huge. I think another aspect that has really helped me and that we've built in strategically into the business, even as we've grown, is personal outreach and a personal touch. In the online world, it's really easy to just be like, all right, I'm going to send out some emails. I'm going to point them to these different things. And I like don't want to get involved at all. I don't know anybody's name. I've never talked to anyone and hope to make passive income. But what I've found, especially with my mastermind program, which is kind of this intimate, high-level experience, we attract the best women when we invite them to be a part of it. And that often means sending a personal email or a little audio message on Instagram or inviting them to attend like a little workshop, a virtual workshop that I'm hosting. And having that, that invitational piece is really attractive to them for what I'm offering might not be the right fit for everybody's business, but in conjunction with all the things that you can automate and outsource and systematize, I think keeping in mind how to at least mirror a personal touch or a human touch with your systems and software is really still an essential piece. If you want to stand out from the competition. Yeah. I love that. Yes. I, we a hundred percent believe in that as well. Um, and I think the thing that ties in with that is really around, you know, because a personal piece, when we mention personal piece, some of it also comes with your own personal piece. 
which means your stories and the, the things that you are willing to be open to share about with your audience. And it sounds like you are, and I'd love to know how do you share your stories? Uh, how do you, you know, is it on social media? Is it by email? Is it all the things? Like talk us through how you tell your stories so that you can create connection with your own audience. Absolutely. So our welcome sequence, when someone signs up for our a freebie from us, the first five days, they get a daily email from us. It basically is my story over the emails and also as it would relate back to them. So I talk about my three-day work week. I talk about being a mom. I talk about my history of all these different iterations of different businesses. And my the people that become clients and really connect with me often mention there's some aspect of my story that they connect with, which I always love hearing. A lot of times it's the yoga piece that I have a background in yoga that really appeals to a lot of people. (laughs) Um, So so that's definitely a place. I, I love Instagram. That's the main social media platform that we use. I love the visual component and how you can also tie it to the storytelling through the, you know, sharing little bits of my humor with reels um, or popping on in stories with things I'm doing with my girls and my husband to just round out the fact that I'm a three-dimensional human being, not just this picture and a brand. Mm-hmm. And so that's another, another key place that we leverage quite heavily. And something we love doing is hosting events for, for the people who are in our community or on our social media and following us is we'll host quarterly events and we'll invite them there. And so that's also a great platform for storytelling and getting them more warmed up to what we're doing, our work in the world. And then from that, we move people into the mastermind. So that's kind of the the sequence. Get them on the list, get them to an event, move them into the mastermind if they're a good fit. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, like I think... I would hazard a guess that a lot of people listening to this only because I've had this question come up, you know, time and time again, when they're like, oh my gosh, you're sending like at least a weekly email, if not more, you're doing all this stuff on social media. You're like, they're like, how are you doing this and running the business at the same time? So do you have help in your marketing? And and if so, what have you looked to delegate out first? Yes, I have a team member. She's been with me for six years now. Um, We have some other contractors who help with smaller things, but she is the operations side of the business. So I I write the emails. I pop on to do Instagram lives or Facebook lives. I do a lot of the Instagram stuff, but then she schedules out everything. So I am not in our email platform sending emails and I am not you know, getting publishing our podcast episodes or any of those types of behind the scenes, like tech operations things that those are really off my plate. Um, Mm -hmm. She probably works. I have a three day work week. She probably works as many hours, if not more than me. So like 20, 25 hours a week to balance um, me. So, but I didn't start like that. And the, but also the business didn't have as many moving pieces and many multiple levers that we're playing. I think depending on where you're at, you can start pretty focused and streamlined, like pick your social media platform. Definitely. You want to have your own email list. You don't just want to be collecting people on a Facebook group or on Instagram because you don't own that. Um, but I think you can keep it pretty simple in the beginning and not try to do all the things, not try to replicate someone who's been in business for five, 10 years, but be, give yourself permission to start where you're at and grow from there. 
Yeah, awesome. Okay, so tell us where's your business headed? Where do you self do you, where do you see yourself investing for growth over the next year? Oh, such a good question. Yeah, so I've been a part of a lot of programs and a lot of masterminds. So where we're at right now is we just came off of a program that was all about evergreening your signature offer. And so we're really in an implementation phase of looking at um, the mastermind was always something we we opened and you know opened for enrollment and then closed and then opened. So we're exploring an evergreen model for that this coming year. We um, we're really focused on list growth this year. We want to get in front of a lot more people. I'm guesting on a lot of podcasts. So we're really excited to see a big numbers jump in the community this year and then hopefully have that obviously translate over to revenue too. Amazing. I love that. Wow, Kaylin, you are just a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Uh, For everyone listening to this, if anyone is, if they're interested in seeing what you have to offer, where would you like them to go? Yeah, absolutely. You can head over to my website if you want more information about creating a group program. That's my specialty. There's lots of free downloads over there over at kaylinasher.com or on Instagram is the social media platform that I like best. I'm sharing stories all the time and doing some of those reels, like I mentioned. So if you want to connect with me over there, absolutely. I'm kaylin.asher and send me a little DM or, you know, tag us in, in this you know, podcast episode or something. I'd love to connect with you and know where, where we connected from too. Amazing. All right, you guys, well, we will leave those in the show notes. Thank you, Kaylin, so much for your knowledge and expertise. And for everyone else listening to this, if you love this episode, please leave us a review, leave us a rating, share with all your friends, follow this podcast, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, dedrickshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at Deidre Shen. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you.